Hello, all you reinventors out there. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of Covey Club and of this podcast, Reinvent Yourself. I have a really interesting multiple multi-reinventor for you today, Andrea McGinty. And she's reinvented herself in many areas. And it's an area that I have to tell you, for me, it's like root canal. She's in the dating area, but she loves it. Wait till you hear how enthusiastic she is about it. She loves setting people up. And I will just be really honest with you. I stink at that. That's like, I can set you up as a friend. I could set you up in business. I cannot create any kind of love match. So thank God there are people like Henry in this world. And she is a company called 33,000 Dates. And she says she's set up over 33,000 dates and she's been responsible for over 4,200 marriages. How is that for an expert? Anyway, what's wonderful is she is now talking about how to do this in the age of COVID and also how to do it as older women. And she has some interesting techniques and she has some, um, you know, way of being proactive instead of going with what comes at you. She goes at it with what do you want, which is a very different approach, I think. And for those of you who are finding the whole idea of online dating just horrifying, um, which I know that a lot of you do, um, it's an interesting approach. And I think you might really enjoy that. So plus the fact she is a multi-time reinventor. Um, we did her uh, story when we were at More Magazine and she was talking about It's Just Lunch, which was a dating service she set up so that you wouldn't have to go to dinner. You could just go to lunch, which is a lot safer and a lot easier. It's only an hour. You don't like them. You don't have to go any further than that. Um, and then she bought a vegan restaurant chain. I mean, this is a multiple reinventor person who sees opportunities in many places. And I think you will enjoy meeting her. So here she is. So Andrea, so glad to meet you. We we did the It's Just Lunch thing for More Magazine. So I remember that very well. Thank you, Leslie. It's really nice to be here today. So since you're the dating guru expert, um, but you're also a reinvention expert, um, let's start with what you're up to now. And uh, we'll talk backwards into how the heck you got there. Okay, sure. Yeah, so um, I've been the dating expert for about 29 years of my career, but I've fallen in and out of it. So my my uh, last reinvention happened about two years ago when I got divorced after 25 years. And, you know, suddenly uh, single again, and the whole world's changed since my It's Just Lunch days when I, you know, when I started It's Just Lunch, it was 1991. There was no online dating. Um, people, you know, basically met through their friends and friends of friends or met in college or met in grad school. So all of a sudden you wake up and you know, you're in your forties or your fifties and you're starting to date again. And that's how I came up with 33,000 dates because I've over the course of my career, I've set up over 33,000 dates and I've been responsible for over 4,200 marriages. And when I got divorced, even prior to that, my friends were calling me for advice because, of course, what's the rage? The internet, internet dating. 
how to do it in a sophisticated manner where it's safe too. And I've got six brothers and sisters. And let's say I started there because my brother, both successful business people, and some of the things they would post online and do online, um, especially photos, men and photos, nightmare. And right away, a light bulb went off in my head. These people need help. So I began with friends and family, just basically, they'd give me their passwords to different dating sites, and I would go in and I'd fix them. And then what ended up happening, I'd get phone calls, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm meeting like the type of men and women I want to meet. And I'm like, yeah, because I fixed your dating profile. That's why. And so I jumped really, you know, you know, head over heels back into this um, as somebody recently divorced, because I know how the system works. And at 33,000 dates, only 10% of it is really me writing people's profiles, vetting people's uh, photos and choosing the correct dating site for you. You know, if, if you're Jewish, I'm not putting you like on Christian mingles or something like that. But 90% of it comes into really the dating expertise that goes along with each individual site and going through the different filters on the site so that you're being proactive. You're not passively waiting for men to respond to you because those aren't the men you want. You absolutely do not want those men. You want the men where you've gone in, you've set the filters, you're a successful businesswoman, you're a successful woman. Uh, you set the filters to the right geo area, profession, um, you know, education level, looks, age, whether or not they have kids. I'm divorced. You know, now I have two, two daughters. I have a 15 and 16 year old. So, you know, I really learned to work the system online and I love it because I'll tell you something, I'm walking my dog in the morning and I'm a golden retriever and she's really friendly and people stop and we chat and inevitably I get asked, you know, what do you do? And I tell them and they're like, oh, and I see this like horrified look on their face, like, oh, those poor single people. And I look at them and I go, poor single people. Are you kidding me? There's 104 million single people in the US. And if you know how to work the system, there's like great men out there. And they always look at me like, oh, oh, oh. And then, I, you know, I see them smile. Um, but, you know, that's that's just a, um, a fallacy that there's no good men out there, just like there's no good women out there. Yes, there are. And I can find them for you. So what's the biggest issue though? So, I mean, I do hear these horror stories all the time. I mean, I hear just terrible stories about, you know, these guys who want to meet, you know, for dinner and basically they want a quickie something and that's it. They're, you know, especially with older women. What do you, um, what do you do that's so different? And what are your recommendations for, especially for women who are new out there and never, you know, it is a different world. If you, you know, if you're not a millennial, you don't, you didn't grow up with this stuff and it has horrible, um, you know, what PR I would say right now. Well, a couple of things. Yes, you're correct. If you, you know, if you're in your forties or fifties right now, you didn't grow up without online dating. The millennial millennials are really good at it. Forties and fifties, they have to learn how to work the system. And the system is not passive. The system is not going on uh, jdate or match.com, you know, throwing up a couple of photos of yourself and uh, 
a quick profile and then going to bed and waking up the next morning to 70 men responding like, oh, hey, beautiful, what's up? You know, like stupid stuff like that. And that's why online dating gets a bad name. Uh, women aren't being proactive enough about how, which sites they're going on, um, depending on, a lot of it's going to depend on where you live. Um, and, and then the other things, what's important to you? Um, is there a religious factor? Is there an education factor? Do you only want Ivy League men? Um, you know, that that's going to help, help us fine tune where you belong. And then what we're going to do after that is we're going to set the filters. We're, we're not paying any attention to those men who initially respond. Um, as a woman, I am in there setting the filters and, and choosing the men that I want to meet. Then I'm doing a double check on them because my, my time's valuable. And, you know, just like, uh, you know, busy professional women and you have children and, you know, your, your time's valuable. You don't want to waste an hour of your time on a date that's, you know, even if it's in a safe venue, it was a total waste of time. What you want to do is you want to either uh, do a five to 10 minute FaceTime call or a video chat, which is very safe, very, very safe. And that way you can see a couple of things. Do they really look like their photo? What were their mannerisms like? Did they smile? You know, uh, did you like their eyes? You know, just those type of really basic things. And here's the deal. You're going to keep this call to five to 10 minutes because you are absolutely not looking for, um, you know, a chat buddy or a text buddy. The longer you stay on the phone with somebody and you're having fun, or you're having this nice chat, the higher your expectations are for the date. And you know what? You can feel a tiny bit of chemistry over the phone, but get not, not much. It's not going to work. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to get yourself out there. And the wonderful thing about, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, one of the questions to ask during that five to 10 minute you know, video chat is like, how do you feel about social distancing? And, and just listen to their reply. And you're going you're gonna to know very quickly whether or not this is a safe person and a person you want to meet. And then the next thing is, let's take it to brunch. Let's take it to real a real life date. Uh, because that's when you're going to feel the chemistry. That's when you're going to see the person face to face. And brunch is nice. Um, it's over in an hour. You know, a drink after work can work too. Um, so many places, I don't care if you're in New York or Los Angeles or Dallas, have outdoor dining now. It, you know, so much alf fresco that you can be outside in a safe venue um, for that first date. And the only thing you should be thinking about on that first date is do I want to take this to a second date? That's it. So let's talk about um, your reinventions a little bit um, and talk a little bit about what was your background and how you got into dating. I mean, look, everybody dates, um, but not everybody turns it into a business. What made you decide to do that? Okay. Um, how I decided to get into the dating business, it was total serendipity. And what happened was I was in my 20s and I my mid-20s and I was getting married and five weeks before the wedding, he called it off. And so, you know, I always say the biggest pool of people you're ever going to meet is in college, then graduate school, then the workplace. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in my 20s, dumped. And, you know, once I, you know, 
stopped crying about it, got over the whole thing. You know, friends would fix me up. And my best friend, Elise, she was the one who fixed me up the most because she worked at a big law firm. And I, I, I think I went through every lawyer there. And I would show up on these dates and, you know, I'm five nine, I'm tall. These guys would be like five, 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 six. And I'd be like, what are you thinking, Elise? And so I found, I started doing my dates, you know, over lunch or over a drink after work because I wanted them over with, you know, like I wanted an hour, I don't know, half an hour. I knew, you know, if I ever wanted to see this person again. So as I, you know, I was dating, I started thinking about, geez, this, this isn't very efficient use of my time. You know, I'm busy with my career. Um, you know what? Would it be nice if there was a place you could go to that kind of worked like an executive recruiter? Like basically you go in, you talk about what you're looking for. Uh, you talk about past relationships, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And then you basically go home, you know, just like you would with an executive recruit recruiter and they call you with a job. No, they don't call you with a job. They call you with a date, um, which is even better. And uh, so um, I thought this would be great. Plus, I had always been fixing my friends up in high school and college, and I just was really good at it. And I loved doing it. And I loved delving into people's like likes and dislikes and what they found attractive. And that's how I launched It's Just Lunch in Chicago. Um, it started word of mouth, friends of friends of friends joined. And um, I started sending people out on dates. And I had my first marriage in four months. It was a darling 43-year-old woman. I still remember her name because it was my first wedding that I was ever invited to. And uh, she had three kids and she was widowed. I mean, 43 is pretty darn young to be widowed. Um, and uh, that was the first wedding I went to. And anyway, after that, we just grew and grew. My second location was New York City because I, I lived in New York prior to Chicago. And I knew what it was like, the dating scene um, in New York. And we continued to grow and grow. And by the time um, I sold It's Just Lunch, um, you know, I, I had lots of marriages, lots of, lots of clients that were dating seriously, and um, I sold out to a private equity company, and we had 110 locations worldwide. And um, I had just had my, my, my 15-year-old daughter, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to kind of like stay at home for a year or two. I found out really, really quickly, I was not a stay at home mom. So I am in Europe with my daughter and just doing something and we're in Cologne and all of a sudden there's this like this baby, I don't know what you call it, baby convention. And so I go walk around the halls and I find these like crazy products for babies that I've never seen in the U.S. before. And I got some ideas from that. And I thought, geez, this could work in the U.S. I've never, I've never seen some of these things. So I opened an online e-commerce store, store called Baby Dagny. And what really made that work was I, I invented this little pacifier that was a purple frog that had a little soft pacifier on it and I marketed it and it ended up in 2008 in all the Academy Award swag bags. And so, you know, that was really a fun business. But then as my daughter grew older and we grew out of like all the baby stuff, um, I sold off baby Dagny and 
So I jumped into something really weird and I'm not vegan, but I'm, I'm a, I work out a lot and I am a really healthy eater. And the whole time I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I ate at this little restaurant. We kind of lived back and forth between Chicago and Palm Springs. And I ate at this little tiny vegan restaurant. And one day I'm sitting in there and I love the food. That's why I'm there. I love the food. It's healthy. I'm pregnant. And I see these little table tents on the table and they say, do you have money? Would you like to invest? I'm trying to open another restaurant. And I was like, oh, this is cute. And the chef owner at that point, I knew really well because I like ate there three times a week. And I'm like, hey, how's this working out? How much does it cost to open a restaurant? And how much does it cost? Um, I mean, and how much money have you gotten? And she looked at me, she goes, you know, I really have no idea. And I looked at her, I went, oh, I'm thinking she's a great chef, but you know what? No business, no business savvy, right? And she came back over to my table that day and she goes, you know what, Andrea, you should be my business partner. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I know nothing about restaurants. I just know I love the food. And this is going back to 2007 and 2008. And, you know, right before the recession hit and um, vegan still was not, you know, vegan was like an ugly word. People were like, vegan. And I started looking at it. And anyway, I ended up buying the restaurant. There were two of them at that time time. And um, my forte is like marketing and training people. And we expanded um, the vegan restaurant chain to 30 locations in Chicago, uh, Portland, Denver, and lots of them in California, which, which still exist. And what I really liked about that, like I like working with 20 and 30 somethings. And I probably should have said that earlier with my, it's just lunch thing. Um, you know, I had 600 women working for me. They're mostly in their twenties and thirties. Love that age group, love teaching them. And that's where with the vegan restaurant train chain that really came into play because it was training people because I had this idea, um, in 2008 for a loyalty program for the restaurant and restaurants weren't doing loyalty programs yet. So I was like, Hmm, I want to, I want to do this loyalty program. Um, I think it would be great for marketing. And anyway, I ended up hiring the same guy who did my It's Just Lunch and my Baby Dagny websites. And I told him he's a really smart software developer what I wanted a restaurant loyalty program, you know, to look like. I mean, we'd all heard of air, airline, you know, loyalty programs, but people weren't doing restaurants yet. And so he built a whole company around this idea of a loyalty program. And um I had, I had 750,000 members in my loyalty program before I sold out the vegan restaurant chain to a private equity group. Um, and that, that was really fun because I learned, you know, a new skill set. I learned something about restaurants. I mean, God help me. I was never in the kitchen. Um, but as far as marketing growth, you can apply a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. A lot of the, the the same expertise that you've had in the past to whatever business you know you're you're currently in. And that's just, you know, what I did. I would just reinvent over and over again. And the one thing that stayed constant though with these different businesses was just passion. Like I was genuinely 
like it, it's just lunch. I was just genuinely excited when people would meet somebody and, you know, fall in love. Um, uh, with baby Dagny, I was like so excited when these mothers would be like, oh my gosh, I love the purple frog pacifier. This is like brilliant. Um, and, and then the same with, you know, uh, Native Foods Cafe with uh, the loyalty program and the food and being able to bring it to a meat eating city like Chicago and uh, showing, you know, that, hey, yes, yes, before 2010, vegan could be successful, you know, in the Midwest. But really, you know, in the interim, my biggest love was still matchmaking because I had a lot of friends and a lot of family members. And now, you know, the 2010, 2014, we're hitting hard on online dating. Here we go. Online dating is everywhere. People are scared of it. People right. meet people. You know, I, I was telling some of my friends, you know, in 2019, one out of four people got married because they met online. That's a pretty happy number to me. A very happy number. So how do you keep dating safe in the era of COVID? What are the new rules and how have you addressed that, especially for people 40 plus? What are they doing differently? And um, we'll, we'll finish up there. Okay. For women 40 plus uh, dating uh, during COVID, I think we're, we're now at the point where we're like, okay, this is the new norm. Uh, we're going to have pandemics in the world. That's just the way it's going to, you know, the ball's going to roll. And uh, my business in March and April was very, very slow because people were scared. Of course they were. We didn't have very much information. But once we hit um, September and October, uh, my business is up 60% uh, over last year. And that's because um, people have figured out the system and how to date safely. You know, they've learned that um, you're not just going to go out with somebody before you've talked to them face to, excuse me, you've talked to them like on FaceTime or video chat through whatever dating site they're using. Um, and people are very upfront too about, okay, so what have you been doing, you know, for social distancing? Or a lot of my women tell me they find the easiest way to broach that, that subject is they're on that five to 10 minute, you know, FaceTime call with a potential, you know, date. And they will say to them, you know, okay, so my family, here's how we've gone about, you know, social distancing. You know, I have three kids. They have like one or two friends. Uh, that's our bubble. You know, we're staying within that bubble. When we go out, we definitely, you know, social distance. We only, we always wear masks. And when we go to restaurants, we always sit outside. So, you know, we've been, you know, pretty serious about it. How do you feel about it? You know, what, what have you been doing? Um, and I think it's just a really nice segue into um, getting them to talk about it because then you're going to know right away, absolutely, I'm going to brunch with him Sunday or no way, there's no way I'm going out, you know, with this guy. Um, so that those would be, you know, my, my tips uh, for being, being safe with dating and doing as many things, you know, you can do a lot of, uh, once you've met them the first time, experiential type of things, you know, whether um, you're doing something that's outside hiking, if, if your market, you know, it's still warm enough to, to hike or do something like, I just had a couple uh, go to the pinball hall of fame 
um, on Thursday for a second date. And all, it's like a hundred year old pinballs and they played pinball for like two hours and, you know, just had a blast. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can do right now. Um, you know, once you're in that comfort zone, you've been on a couple of dates, you like them, invite them over. Uh, you can sit outside by your fireplace or your fire pit, um, you know, still be safe. And the good news is, you know, we're not too far away from a vaccination. And but but the reality is we are going to live in a pandemic world. So I think we're going to all be, you know, a lot safe, safer. Um, you know, I know you asked me a little earlier about, you know, kind of business advice too for yes you know, women. I was gonna say yes for <laughs> for women who want to do something I mean what's what's interesting to me is that you said the woman who was running the um, vegan restaurant was not a very good marketer I would say she was an incredible marketer because she brought you in with one little <laughs> table tent actually like that's the like she sold her business to somebody who blew it up into this big huge thing so um but what would you i mean you are obviously one of those people who sees um opportunity everywhere and that's one of the things we're trying to teach people one of the best quotes i got when i was running uh, more magazines i've interviewed so many reinventors was someone who said to me, you have to have your eyes open for every reinvention opportunity that throws itself in front of you. And you obviously see those things. So um, I would love it if we can close with just one or two tips for you know women like me, if we're trying to reinvent, what would you suggest? Okay. Yeah, Leslie, you know, I, I see reinvention opportunities everywhere. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I like to travel I see things all the time. You know, may, maybe you're in Sweden or, or you're in Norway. They're like packaging geniuses. I mean, I just look everywhere and I see like ideas, ideas, ideas. But, um, you know, if you're really thinking, oh, wow, I've got the idea. I'm ready to rock and roll. I would say the number one thing is trust your instincts. Um, don't let other people talk you out of what you're trying to do. You know, I, I tell my daughter this um, all the time. Um, she, she's, I think, a little entrepreneur in the making. You know what? If you think you've got a great idea, I'll tell you at least 100 people have that same idea. 10 are working on it. Five are writing business plans about it. And one or two are seriously going to launch, launch this product or service. So um, you know what? You think you have a great idea. You need to jump on it. Uh, you need to take action and you need to move forward and don't let naysayers stop you either because there's too many people in the world. You know, when I, when I showed my original business plans uh, to my brother, who is like a big financial guru, he like laughed and said, you're crazy. So, you know, I learned after that, don't share with people that you think aren't going to, you know, g give you positive feedback and, and push you on the right path. That's great. I mean, that is definitely something that gets in the way as the naysayers. And what you're saying about people having the idea and actually doing it is huge because you're right. There's tons of people who may have a similar or same idea, but they never make it happen. And I totally agree with you on that. Exactly. So, any last words for, for these ladies? Where can they find all of your 33,000 dates? 
Well, they can find not even 33,000 dates, but over 104 million dates online through me at 33,000dates.com. So it's 33000dates.com. And, um, you know, they they basically spend about an hour with me on a Zoom call. and We talk all about what they're looking for. And then if I think I'm a good fit for them, I'll take them on as a client and Really, you know, the, the, the profile and the photos and the right dating sites, the easy part, the other 90% of the work comes with, um, you know, just taking them through the process and making sure people don't get discouraged. So, you know, a lot of it's keeping them um, positive and also keeping them from saying right off the bat, like, oh, wow, I went out with Michael Friday. I really like him. Thanks, Andrea. I'm done. And I'm like, no, you're not done. You're, you're not done. That was your first date. Um, so you know what? Um, I, I don't want women to all of a sudden stop. I, I want them to see what's out there and uh, know that there's a lot of good men out there still. Awesome. I love that. And we'll end on that. Thank you so much, Andrea. So appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Oh, my pleasure, Leslie. This was really fun. So thank you for listening to Reinvent Yourself and our interview with Andrea McGinty. Isn't it fascinating how people can be as passionate about their area of the world as you are about your area of the world? I find it fascinating. We all have different interests. We all have different talents, but yet we can be equally passionate in all those areas. And what I also love is that you see somebody like Andrea who can do many different things, not just dating. She does a vegan restaurant change. What what interests her, she moves into with that same passion. And I think that that's something that is a lesson for all of us who are trying to reinvent. If you liked our podcast, I hope that you will subscribe and follow us. Leave us a comment. Leave us some stars. If you like it, please pass us along to friends you know who are trying to reinvent as well. We want them all to reinvent themselves and to find themselves here. So hope you're having a wonderful day and you should also mosey on over to coveyclub.com where we have all kinds of stories about reinventors. We have events with reinventors. We have live events, virtual events. We have lessons. We have classes. You name it. We got it. Come and and invent and reinvent with us over at coveyclub.com as well. So take care and we will see you later.